0: the gardening hour podcast on bbc essex with ken crowther
1: hello and welcome to the bbc essex gardening hour podcast which you can download for free on the bbc essex website that's bbc.co.uk slash BBC essex i'm ken crowther and coming up on the podcast this week tom cole is my special guest as well as answering your gardening questions on all things from lettuce, oleander and of grapes. We'll also bring you some top tips on things you could be getting on with in the garden, plus Plant of the Week feature, all exclusive to the BBC
0: Essex Gardening Hour podcast. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. Let's start this week, then, with Plant of the Week.
1: And this week, I was working through a border, tidying it up, getting rid of all the dead leaf that's falling off the plants because it's so dry. And their tough old plant, but I tell you what, well worth having in your garden, is Syringa Mayori. And the one, the favourite one is, of course, is palabin. Now, palabin, it is deciduous, but in fact, in mild winters, it doesn't even drop its leaves. But the thing about it is, what is it if it's a syringa? It's a lilac, but it's a dwarf lilac. It's not got that big flower, it's got a, a delicate small flower, about three inches long. It's a conical flower, it's got four lobal tubular sort of flowers. It's flowering right now because I was working along the border and I came to it because I could smell it. That's what... It's so fragrant. And I thought, what's that? And above me was this small... Because I was on the ground grovelling, <laughs> pulling out the little weeds. It's only grows about four foot high, and this one was about four foot high. The people in the past have been rounding it off. I'm going to prune it properly this year in this garden because I don't want it to be a rounded shrub grows about three foot wide. It's a lovely, compact, bushy plant. Hardy, tough, puts up with pretty well every soil and every aspect. And it will tolerate dry summers. And if we get more dry summers like this one, it's going to be an ideal plant for you. Syringa Mari, palavin. Go along to your garden centre or retail nursery, have a sniff at the flower and you will fall in love with it. Just a reminder though, If you're planting it now, I wouldn't. Tuck it somewhere in a shaded area, keep it watered, and when we get some real proper rain, then plant it, but keep watering it well into the autumn.
0: The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Still to come on the BBC's Gardening Hour podcast,
1: Tom and I will bring you some top tips on things we can be doing in the garden this week. But let's now hear what you've called us about, and we start with Harry in Great Yeldon.
2: Hello, Ken. First of all, I've called you. I've got a problem with a rose bush in my back garden.
1: Well, you've rung the right people. You see, that's right, Harry.
2: Yeah. So well, that... the problem is, um, it's been. Uh, I was taken by a wild bramble bush that's okay. growing in my next door neighbour's garden and I think it's stopping the rose from flowering. Um, can you recommend that I move it to another place?
1: Right, is it a climber or is it a bush rose?
2: It's a bush rose.
1: And how big is this bush rose?
2: Uh, oh, about eight foot, nine foot high.
1: So you haven't pruned it lately then?
2: Well, I pruned it last year.
1: Okay, so you pruned it last year. Now, the bramble is growing through the fence and into your oh, garden?
2: Up up and over.
1: Up and over, right. Yeah. Okay, so Tom, got to get rid of the bramble and cut the, and prune the rose no. as well. No, no,
2: no, 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 no. Hang on. <clears throat> no. Ken? no. Ken, I will not. I'm not being my same. We don't get on with our neighbour yeah. very well. You, right. so you, I was you... wondering if I could move the rose bush from where it is later on in the year to another position further around in the garden.
1: Hang hang on, though. Is yeah. there, if the bramble comes over the fence... You're, al- not-
3: you're allowed to cut that. You can cut that right yes. back to the fence line. I'd do that yes. anyway. Can you not do <clears throat> that? I can cut the brambles back, yes. I, I would do that anyway. At least then your rose has got a bit of a fighting chance until the end of the year. How old's yeah. your
2: rose as well? Uh, oh, so about... about Eight, eight or nine years old.
3: So Tom, what would you do? <clears throat> I'd, well, I'd, I would definitely go in there and cut back that bramble bush all the way back to the fence line where you possibly can, um, because that would re- that improve airflow. Yeah, It takes right. the competition away. It makes the garden look a bit nicer as well. Then the autumn? <clears throat> and in the autumn, what I would do is <laughs> with that tall plant, I'd probably just reduce it. By a third? Uh, but, well, a third to a half. If you've got eight foot, and it's a push so you,
2: don't, rose. Um, you don't recommend moving the uh, rose bush from where it is now to a, there's a, ri- there's a risk, there, there is a risk. There is a
3: risk moving roses which have been in the ground for quite a period of time because yeah. you can end up uh, you, en- you can end up with the rose just dying back. Uh, but if you have got a better place for it and it's in a lovely sunny aspect in your garden, yeah, 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 as soon as you, when you get into about mid-November to late November, so way Bye. before the leaves have fallen off, way yeah. after the leaves have fallen off your main trees, that's yeah. a perfect time to lift it. I would Bye. actually cut around it, come out about two or two foot from the plant, dig down vertically with a spade, undercut yeah. it, take as yeah. much soil as you possibly can, and make sure you've got that planting hole ready, and then water in, in November, and then come back in the spring, feed it, and then prune it as if it is a bush rose, and then see how it fares in the following year.
1: And if you're more worried about doing that in the autumn, Harry, just give us another call, and then we can explain that again to you.
2: OK, well, Harry? I would sooner do that, Ken, because okay. I don't want to speak to our neighbours. She doesn't speak to us. No. So I'd um I mean, it, we've had permission from Greenfield. If the ramp come over, we can cut them back. Yeah, I, it sounds sooner like... Move I'd sooner move the rose push from where it is because the panel fencing goes down the middle, and then the
3: brambles are the other side. Okay, so do that moving late in November. <clears throat>
1: Sounds good to me. Thank you for your call, Harry. You, uh, your first time caller there from Sudbury, um, or oh, Great Yeldon, Sorry, Great Yeldon. Joy in Wickford. Hello, Joy. Hello. Uh,
4: um, I've got trouble with my well, not trouble high, with my hibiscus.
1: Indoor, outdoor? Are we talking? Outdoor. Okay.
4: It's a blue one with a red spot in the middle.
1: Oh, lovely! Lovely. Yeah. Um,
4: it was a standard, but now it's gone into like a tree shape. Right. <laughs> uh, um, it's quite. It's about twelve foot tall. Uh, um, from the bottom, I've had two shoots come through. It's uh, um, they're from the hibiscus, but one one's a pink and one's the same colour as what the um, the tree is. And I'm wondering, can I take them away, or is it the tree's going to die? Or
1: Are they grafted, some?
3: <sighs> some are, some, some aren't, are, actually. Some are, no, aren't. No, but, no. Um, OK, well, if you don't want them, I would take those shoots back as close as you possibly can to the main trunk. You can do that now. That's absolutely fine to do that now. Well, uh, they're
4: flowering. I didn't like to, because one's flowering in a pink, and one's flowering in a, the same colour as the tree. OK, so, so
3: enjoy them whilst they're flowering. But if right. you don't want to have those stems there, right. you could cut them out. Alternatively, you could leave them out. I'd need to check actually, some are some are grafted. So that means oh, right. they're physically joined onto a very closely related plant to control the vigor of the plant. And sometimes when a plant's under stress, it sends up what we call a sucker. So it's, a, that's it's, it's a growth point. So it could be that, but it could be the fact, and some other plants do this, roses for example, some years on the main plants
1: they just send you another get, you, flower.
3: Well, you get a different colour flower sometimes. Yep. Oh. So I would enjoy them for the moment. And if it's about trying to create a less of a tree form but more of a bush form, then you could leave them on. But if you right. don't like them after that, you could prune them back. There's, there's, there's no wrong answer there.
4: Oh right. Can I? Because um, if I dug down. Could, would there be roots there that I could sort of like transport it to another part of the garden? Right? Um,
3: it's probably coming off the base of the stem or even the root system itself. So if it's got root. You, you don't probably want to do that because you could end up damaging the main plant.
4: Oh right, okay, all right, thank you. Could all I right, ask t- you? Could I ask you another quick
1: question? Of course
3: you can, John. I'll just realign
1: people that Joy rang us on oh eight hundred triple one forty forty one. There's a line free at the moment, so give us a call. Joy, what's your other question there?
4: Um, I've got a honeysuckle and a clematis growing up a, uh, an obelisk. Yeah, and uh, it's they've got so big that they've pulled the obelisk over, and it's laying on my other plants. Right. <laughs> they've they've stopped flowering, and I'm wondering if I can cut it right back. Are they growing? Um, to,
3: are they are they growing together up the obelisk? Up, yes, yeah.
4: If I yeah. can cut it back and. Leave it and will it grow again
3: next
4: year? Or yeah, will I no, lose it, they're hardy
3: I, old plants, really. What I would do by. is make sure the obelisk is firmly fixed back in the ground and then cut it to the shape of the obelisk. You could do that now. I've just done that with a whole load of honeysuckle where they've not really fared particularly well over this weather. They've got a lot of mildew on now, so I've been quite ruthless. And what I've done then is sort of make sure I've fed with something that's got seaweed in it. Like, like, a, maxi that, yeah? crop, oh, like a maxi crop.
1: Yeah. yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah, that would oh, work, I'll, wouldn't I'll, it? I've got that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all right joy all
4: right thank you very much Thanks go for it help.
1: and let us know how you get on just as we perhaps can help you on 0800 311 40 8133. uh you can start your message with the word ethics on a text you're not all lounging in the garden come on some of you are going to be doing some work in the garden are you worried about the the heat, how's your lawn faring? Have you got a lawn? Have you killed any of the weeds on the lawn? I tell you what, thistles have grown really well in the lawns over recent uh, months, the recent months, or five, is it five or six weeks we've had dry weather now? It's five, is it, or six? It's about six weeks, yeah. David in Whitton, five. we've had warm weather. What have you got for us?
5: Good morning, gents. Hi. Um, very uh, short question. I've got, in the, in my back garden, yep. on the left-hand side, I've got a horse chestnut, mm-hmm. and on the right-hand side, a walnut tree. Both are about 60 foot tall. Lovely. Um, walnut, obviously, there is full of nuts, but getting big, normally I reduce them by a third um, every so many years. What's yep. the best time of the year to do it?
1: Right. I'm going to ask you about the walnuts first. Do you ever... Um... Pick the walnuts when they're green and do wet walnuts. Do you do that?
5: No, the squirrels tend to do that. For oh you. no, you could get them earlier. Get them That's
1: earlier. the secret. Can you? Yes, and then you pickle them. They're really lovely. You ought well, to try so that one year, year.
5: This year I've got a cracking harvest of walnuts. No, last year virtually nothing.
1: They do that about every other year or so. But I tell you, I try wet walnuts. My dad and I, we used to go collect walnuts, green walnuts. You prick them and then you use pickling vinegar and you put them in pickling vinegar and you can have them at Christmas. They are delicious. Anyway, I move on from food. It's back to your original question. Now, horse chestnut would be a winter prune.
3: That's a winter prune and yep, walnut. You, can, you can be quite hard on those. And
1: walnut would well, be now. It's
3: now, it's in the summer. And they...
5: <clears throat>
1: Yeah, and I will. T- I, have you ever pruned it in the summer, as you should do?
5: I've tended to leave it a bit later in the year and do them both at the same time. No. it's easier to get the tree man in to do that. I can me,
1: understand. I can understand that. But in theory, walnuts are done July, August-ish, August-ish, really. Yeah. Time. Right. But I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. I remember pruning. I, Obviously, when I was learning the trade, you read all this stuff and you say, oh, yeah, walnut. Well, you know, and I'd pruned small walnut trees. And this lady asked me, it was about a a 30 foot tree, a walnut tree by a garage in a back garden in Chingford. And she said, could I prune this? And a couple of guys and myself went in and pruned this walnut tree. And before we had left, it took us a, a sort of. Long afternoon into early evening. By the time we left, the ground was soaking wet with sap. And that is, it comes as a huge shock to people. And that's why I'm telling this story, because people don't realize how much sap. Is actually produced by a walnut tree, but that's its safety factor, isn't yeah,
3: it? Yeah, it is, it's incredible to see it because it does happen fairly quickly. Yeah, actually, it does. But yeah, you're best to separate them, but fully understand why you want to combine the two. But the the plant would fare better if it was pruned right, uh, in so the summer.
5: So August for the walnut.
3: Yep. And November. Of, uh, end of October, November. For well, the horse chest chestnuts starts anytime between any time after leaf fall uh, and before bud burst in the spring. So between November and March.
5: Okay. Okay. That will do me lovely. Thank you very much indeed, guys.
1: Thank
0: you for your call. That's
1: David in Whittam.
0: Kane Krauser. This is BBC Essex. Back to your gardening questions in a moment,
1: but right now on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, we've got some top tips on things you could be getting on with in the garden this week. Tom, what's your first one?
3: Well, I'm back to climbers again. Uh, although I did the climbers earlier in the year on the Wisteria, I'm going to do some more pruning uh, this late summer. Haven't
1: they been vigorous They're this being, year?
3: They've, even with all the weather we've had, they've really ramped ahead and grown. In some cases, one of them at home is grown about four metres, three, four <laughs> metres, which I wasn't quite expecting. But all that whippy growth needs to be uh, trained or cut back. And what I've done with most of it is... Where I don't want to extend the framework, I've cut those whippy limbs back to two leaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and where I've wanted to extend the framework, because there's a, have got a gap in one area, I've tied down one of those whippy growths. And once it's tied in position, I've just tipped the end to an outward-facing leaf. And I've done that all over, which means I've got increased light to all the plants below, which means they're all going to be healthy as well.
1: Bit of flower showing on some of the well, stems I had as well. Flush. Yeah, second the,
3: flush. The second flush is ne- never quite extended no. flower fully, but, it, you know, it's nice to see and you still get that perfume coming from a wisteria
1: so what's your second tip then there
3: and i'm also going out and collecting seed
1: you're a bit of an addict I for that love aren't it. you
3: yes i do like propagating plants particularly if you're gonna get a plant for free um so i'm out there collecting things like uh the aquilege at the columbine uh, those sort of rattling seed heads so all i'm doing is cutting the old seed head and this and the flower stalk and i just cluster those and put them into a paper bag and just let them all drop out naturally and in the autumn, what I do is I'll surface sow those. Uh, but things like delphiniums, where they've finished, you're best to sort of collect those now, extract the seed and, and sow they them. And dry them.
1: No, sow, sow them. them. straight away. They're better
3: sown fresh. You've got really good viability then. Uh, the longer you store them, the less viable they are. Uh, and I'm also going to try things like, I know you're going to take me saying this, I'm going to try it on alkamilla because it's, it's quite, I, I, know, I know you can split and divide, I'm just going to experiment and collect the, pl- the flower heads from those, which are just about to dry off. Just put them into a bag and let that seed fall out. And another one is lavender. Lavender's brilliant from seed. And uh, it's just on some of the plants, the flower's just died and dried off. So again, take the flower head, the flower spike, put it into a bag, just let it all drop out. You've got some lovely little black seeds ready for sowing in the autumn.
1: Thank you, Tom, and we'll have more top tips for the next seven days later on in the podcast.
0: The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. So, how's Battlesbridge today? Well,
6: still very warm.
1: (laughs) It's much fresher though, isn't it? Just that little bit of rain has, has made it much more pleasant, hasn't it?
6: Yes, much more pleasant. Anyway, hello Ken, hello Tom. Um, I've got uh, a couple of queries one is on strawberries I've just bought some small strawberry plants from a reputable local garden centre some of them have got runners on them, some of them have still got flowers and a little bit of fruit some of them have got some sort of old dying leaves but most of them are at least three crowns close together three crowns within the pot is it best to chop everything else off except the runners and take those or take everything off and do some division next spring or is it best to just leave and turn, <laughs> not do I like there.
1: your question.
0: I think it's a good one.
6: <laughs> it's you, you got... I, I, I'm trying to produce really big, healthy plants, but I don't want to. Don't, I don't like spitting too quick. I
1: don't like spitting strawberries myself. Do you? From the crowns?
3: I, I do you do that? I never if, do. If the, it's the first year, hmm. yeah, I wouldn't mind doing that. You could do it the if first it, year. It's not that essential. I mean, the runners. You <laughs> could, uh, yeah, you could remove the ra- runners, or if you've got a junction on those runners, you could encourage it to root but i think it sounds like you've got some healthy plants there i just I,
1: take the runners off yeah
3: i wouldn't worry about the old leaves at the base that tends to happen when something's been grown in a pot because it's used It's started to use up most of the nutrients so i would just remove those anyway
1: take the runners off and yeah. plant oh, right. them. are they
3: going in the ground or are they going in pots or uh, they're going in raised beds right okay i take
1: the run i take the runners off and plant them as they are with those nice firm crowns and then enjoy your strawberries next year, couldn't you?
3: Yeah, and just plant them. When you're planting them, that crown will, needs to sit. Once you've once you found them, sit them so that the crown is just below the surface of the soil. So when the soil does settle, the crown sits slightly proud of the soil
1: because soil will sense. settle.
3: Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So in other words, okay. don't plant them too deep, because otherwise they'll no. rot off. No. Right, right.
6: Okay, then. And I've got a second question, which I I think I now know the answer to, and I think it's stupidity, or me being too much of a Scrooge, but um, I sowed some lettuce seeds a couple of weeks ago, along with um, some rocket and that kind of thing. Everything else has come up, but nothing on the lettuce seeds. Um, And I've read in some... um, garden magazines that they say that they won't germinate that lettuce seeds don't germinate when it's too hot and too sunny too but, hot
1: too cold it's the same thing uh, isn't it can uh, be well, can't I think
6: it it might be me they're old seeds uh, ah, Right, right. Lettuce, things, lettuce yeah. Yeah.
3: everything else was old
6: seeds as well
3: it could be but the high temperature it's a, it suffers from high temperature dormancy that's what lettuce does Just so it. you've got to sow them when it's about four or five degrees what you can do is you can surface so you could actually pre-chip them. That is, try and encourage the root from the seed, and literally put them in a bit of vermiculite in a bag, put it in the fridge, and uh, oh, yeah. you'll get you'll get the root. Once you've got the root emerged, that's it. That's You're fine. Off. It's fine. Or you plant, or you sow them in a tray and put them somewhere cool in a house. Some Find somewhere cool in a house. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> if you can. Uh, and then actually you'll get a better success. But actually if you've got seed which has been there for a few years, it might the viability old. might be poorer and therefore the seed's not going to And for
1: the price of a packet of seeds, go out and buy some more, so. Yes. From, uh, yeah, a
7: re- I will do.
3: from a <laughs> reputable <laughs>
1: garden centre, as you said earlier. I will.
8: <laughs> All right, Sue. <laughs> so,
1: thank you very much for your call. That's Sue in Battlesbridge. And we now go to Ray in Chelmsford. Hello, Ray.
9: Oh, hello, Ken. Um, I've got a problem with a camellia. It's uh, kept outside in a 14-inch, 14-inch diameter pot. Uh, it's two to three years old. Uh, it's been absolutely beautiful for the last two years, uh, but all of a sudden, it's a, it uh, seems to have died, or rather, it's right. all the leaves have turned brown and stiff okay. and crispy.
1: Ray, how how big's this camellia now? It's
9: about thirty-six inches tall. Oh
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> oh
9: right.
3: I know I it's it's a it's a lack of water because the pot is too, too small. small. I think you need ah. to... You, has it totally died off now? Have you scraped the bark to see if it's gr- brown or green within it? Is it? Ah, is right. there any greenness um, in, that st- in that stem at all?
9: Is there any green? I don't know. I haven't done that. Right. I'll
3: go and check double, double check that because actually if it's... if it's What green. I would do is I would actually scrape parts of the plant where it's green, it's living still. Yeah. And it I would definitely...
9: only, def- only on. happened this year in the last two to three months and as far as water is concerned it's watered every night
1: yeah but it's um, po- no it's in a too smaller pot yeah. that's the problem ah. so, so you, could, really. you could water think every day it and think you
3: could water it all I, the time i think you've watered which you have but yes. actually it's not enough for the root system that's there it just so doesn't get into the roots
1: do what tom mm. said check check whether it's got green underneath cut back to anywhere yeah. that's that's green if it is yeah. green you could try re- it's worth repotting. I would definitely
3: repot it. Go What's to... A, a pot oh, size? gosh. Um, you can go... 24. Uh, at least. At least a two-foot two, by two-foot two foot foot. pot. Uh, 24 a, by 24. Yeah. And go oh, and get yeah, your... that's get, good. Yeah. And you'll know you'll need then um, ericaceous compost, lime-free compost.
1: And that should... But if it's brown on the inside...
3: It's dead. It's in compost the Compost deep in the sky.
1: That's it. More in in Leon C. Sunny Leon C. And <laughs> we're talking... Potatoes, are we talking chips or just potatoes?
4: Well, <laughs> <You're
10: hoping laughs> no, to get uh, chips. I don't cook in this weather. Um, no, it's potatoes. We've got an allotment, yeah, and and somebody, the potatoes aren't doing terribly well. And somebody on the allotment said, Oh, they won't develop once the temperature reach, reaches a certain heat. Is that true, do you think? or...?
1: Basically, if they've got enough water, they will produce. But if they haven't got enough water going oh. into the potato, they're not going to produce a tuber because they're, not, they're, not they're put, a tuber. You yeah. see,
3: they're not going to go into producing get, produce those those tubers. And what tubers they will have are yeah. going to be really small, uh, but still worth it's keeping. It's the water, it's basically. Still, it is really water's just, the key.
1: It's not heat necessarily. Oh. It's Water. Yeah, but of course, no, on a lot like
10: an old wives' then. Uh, well, no,
1: no, cause, no. Heat, he does restrict some of the growth, but generally it's due to water.
11: Yeah.
10: yeah. What we, what, we hi- do water the, the allotment every day, but maybe not enough.
3: Yeah, it's it's longer longer waterings, which is, has been quite difficult to achieve actually over the last uh, good few weeks. You're not allowed
10: to use hoses on the uh, allotment. No, so exactly. You're, and
3: have you got? Are you timed on when you can take your water? Because some allotments you can only oh. got like, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes.
10: No, no, uh, we we can take the water when we want.
3: We've got troughs all around the allotment. They're yeah. big troughs. It's def- definitely, oh, it definitely longer, longer longer waterings that would, would benefit the plant, but the plant, what the plant's doing is trying to conserve energy, it's not going to yeah. put energy into producing tubers, it'll just put on some leaf growth and that's about it.
10: Yeah, and, and that's the same with the raspberries, is it, because they're, they're very poor this it's year. It's the same
3: with everything, yeah, really, everything. and Absolutely. actually in particular fruit, I mean fruit really struggles when there's lack of water, then you right, water okay. suddenly then you and then out. the fruit splits.
10: But do you think if we watered them in the morning and the evening would that help?
3: That would help, help. and also with yes. your fruit, actually mulching, putting a good sort of thick layer of organic matter. And if you've got any compost, but only but do that wet. if the if the ground is wet. wet. Don't Sunk. do it when it's, when it's absolutely dry. Okay. All right. Okay.
1: Okay. But, but let Maureen come back to us and let us know what your potatoes are like in the end, because we'd be interested, particularly as you've rung up and pointed this out to us. And we go to Linda in Elsenham. Hello, Linda.
12: Hello, Ken. My question is, I've got three Oleander Mm -hmm. um, bushes in pots, and I want to know what I do with them after they finish flowering. Do I prune them, or I really don't know what to do with them after they're finished flowering.
3: Have you got them... So in the pots, are you going to put them somewhere inside to protect them over the winter months?
12: No, I'd probably bring them nearer the house or fleece them. I don't know. I just need advice on what to do, really. Okay.
3: Are they in in flower at the moment, then?
12: They're in flower. They're absolutely
3: beautiful. Smelling lovely? Yes so what size pot are they in at the moment
7: Uh, probably a 10 inch pot
3: okay so go for so in the autumn don't don't worry about it now but in the autumn pot them up into at least two foot by two foot yeah of a pot of your choice Uh, you can use a multi-purpose compost that'd be fine Uh, as the plant finishes flowering what you can do is take the old flower off to where there's a vegetative green shoot yeah. And if you feel the plant is a little tall, you can reduce those vegetative shoots as well. Just be careful of the sap, because the sap can be a little bit of an well, it can be an irritant. It is an irritant. So yeah. you need to sort of wear gloves, but it's an absolutely wonderful patio plant.
1: And never it use is, the And yeah. never use the wood on your barbecue because for the same reason.
3: Yeah. Oh, some right, people okay. some people
1: are known to use yeah. the wood. Um, they cut the bits off and then throw them <laughs> on their barbecue in the summer. Uh, but of course, because it, again, it produces a poisonous fume, so but, you must definitely,
3: it. yeah, definitely bring them back towards your house so you get the heat from yeah. the house, protect them. And I would also use fleece as well, particularly when you know you're going to get a sudden drop in temperature and there's snow as well. Okay, okay, but they are quite hardy, are they? They're hardy-ish. Ish. So if we had a winter that like we've just had... If you have a wet and cold
1: one, you could lose them.
3: Yeah, you would. And I would treat them then like a dahlia or a canna lily. I'd bring them into a cool greenhouse or, or a porch a or a conservatory or a shed. Right. Just gives a bit more protection, that's all.
7: OK. OK. Lovely. Thank you for your help. <sighs>
1: Uh, Bye, that's Linda in Elsen and we go to Martin in Upminster. He's rung us on 0800 111 4041. Don't forget, that's the number to call if you'd like to talk gardening with Ken Crowther and Tom Cole here on the Gardening Phone-In. Let's now go to Martin. Hello, Martin. Hi, Ken.
9: Um, hi, Tom. Um, my problem is I'm looking after my neighbour's tomato plants. They Good gave luck. Me... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes, responsibility. It you is. in a watering can over the fence while they're away.
1: Over the fence? Um, <laughs> wow!
2: Well,
9: that's
1: tricky, tricky. Good
9: luck on yeah, that one. And I woke up this morning and w- one of the stems is like broken. Ooh, when
3: know. are they coming back? Yeah.
9: Um, is this common and does this
3: I don't know, can I rescue the situation with this, or is it... Um... I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. The plants yeah. themselves, are they plants where they've trained them up a cane or a string line?
1: Or are they bush? And there are
3: now just a one single uh, stem, or are they bush-like? They're, they're, they're tied to a cane. Okay, and have can you see uh, flowers or fruit forming where the leaves come off the main stem? Yeah. And are there some side chutes coming off those main stems? Yes. Right, okay. Yes. So what what well, you is need it to broken? do. So is the main if that main stem is broken, is there a side chute sl- lower down from that point? Um, I believe there is, yeah so, so you, it now, yeah. so that could be trained in as the new leader but of that plan. you can have to go in the garden, you can't go you can't just do it over the fence. No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> can you get into the garden yeah. at all? Yes. Yeah, sorry. You can you, get into the garden, okay? Well, I'll have to climb the fence. Or climb that over fence. the fence. Yeah, I would. Climb the yeah. fence
1: and tie the next shoot in if it is completely
3: severed and cut the other one off. Yeah, but with any other pl- with any other plants that are there, if you've got those, those long stems and side shoots have emerged since they've been away, Ooh. just yeah. really with your thumb and finger, just move the side shoot from one side to the next and it, it cracks and comes right. off in your hand because what you want to have is one stem. No real side shoots, so all the energy is concentrated and all those trusses with a fruit that's forming on them already. Right, I see. Okay. I should do that as my task today. Yeah, thanks (laughs) for that. It's all salvageable. All salvageable.
9: good. Yep. (laughs) Okay. All right, then I'll try that. Thank you. Thanks a lot.
1: Pleasure. Oh, what a problem looking after people's plants. Good luck there.
0: The Gardening Hour Podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther.
1: Right now on the BBC Essex Guiding Our podcast, myself and Tom have got some more top tips for you. Now, ponds. At this time of year, with that much sun, lots of blanket weed, lots of algae, because the sunlight really affects affects them, you've got to clear it off to keep that pond healthy. And, I mean, just a net is the best way. Or if you've got a lot of, um, a lot of uh, blanket weed, you can just twist it round, but you've got to be careful what you pull out with it.
3: Exactly,
1: and that's why I, you, you were—he was making faces no, at no, me no, there. Because I was
3: doing it the other day with a little cane. You put it in, and you twizzle it around. Oh, no. I always put it on the side. Yes,
1: and then you you can just release it, that's keep it. it damp, and then any newts and can amphibians crawl out, can, can, can crawl out and get out yeah. of it. Really important, indeed. And the other important thing is to keep fountains, waterfalls, because they're all helping to oxygenate that water. And top it up because the loss of water on moving water is quite high.
3: It's incredible, really. Yeah. I don't know what the, vol- the the volume is or the or the statistic is, but it's it, it really they drops. It has down, dropped. They go down, don't Over the last few weeks. Yeah, it's, I'm forever topping up.
1: So top up your <clears> pond <throat> and look after those fish. Don't overfeed them at this time of year because uh, again they don't need as much food when conditions are warm. What else you got for me, Tom?
3: Well, I'm into edibles. I'm no, into a tree fruits. into edibles. But not my unrestricted tree fruits. All the tree fruits which I've trained as fans, cordons. Oh,
1: oh, lovely.
3: um, Espaliers or step-over cordons. And this is the time where they put loads and loads of growth on and they're hiding those apples which are trying to be ripened by the sun. So what we need to do is actually remove the excess growth. So it's just vegetative growth. You cut it down to just in front of the fruit. In fact, technically, it's to the basal cluster. There's a little whirl of leaves. Sounds good, doesn't it? Uh, just at the base of the one-year growth. So literally, it's a li- it's literally about a couple of inches above those fruits. Uh, take that off, that maintains the shape, uh, and then that lets light in, so the fruit that's there can ripen really evenly. But if you've got clusters of fruits still which are very congested, still thin them out. So it's five, no, go from five yep. to three, or if it's three and they're well spaced, leave them alone. If they are really sort of join quite tightly together, then maybe take a couple of them out, and just have the one, So it's about quality of fruit, not quantity of fruit.
1: And if you've got water shoots on the same stems, you could take those off. That's all those upright, very fast growing stems that you don't need for next year. It's worth taking those off as well, because that lets light in Definitely
3: on restricted types, yes. On unrestricted, so your normal open sort of freestanding tree, you might do a little bit of thinning, but you don't want to do too much. You just want to let a bit more airflow through and a bit more light in, but you keep your main pruning for those later in the year.
1: Well, keep listening to the podcast as there's still more hints and tips to come.
0: Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. We go straight back to the phones and talk to Eve in Harlow.
1: Hello, Eve. Good
13: morning. Um, It's just... uh, I found... um, I'll start again. (laughs) Um, I've got a 15-foot hedge... Yep. And um, just the last couple of weeks, I've noticed this um, plant, just one stem, uh, fern-like leaves, and it's got four orange-coloured trumpet flowers on the one stem, you know, sort of grouped together as though they're one pl- one flower. Have you got balsam. any idea what it is? It's
3: not balsam, is it? No. What, what colour are the flowers?
13: Deep orange.
3: And oh, orange. the trumpets, are they around about three or four inches?
13: um yeah about that so, it, it sounds more. like you
3: got you got a plant called a campsis
13: oh right
3: and that has got that sort of foliage it's Could a ferny like foliage and they can sell seed, seed. Uh, it's a lovely plant it's um, it's, it's it's obviously doing well where it is what's the hedge you got
13: um and well with sort of varied ivy and all sorts of things oh, um rose and you know
3: so what you could do, you could, just, you could train it up that hedge. I've obviously been a bit careful when you're cutting the hedge. Um, but it's a, a lovely flowering plant that flowers on new growth. Um, so what you can do in the spring is when you, or May onwards, you when can you do prune, hedge. prune the hedge, cut it, then just allow it to produce its flowers.
13: Oh, lovely.
3: All right. So it's called campsis.
13: Campsis.
3: Camps. Cam- it's oh. literally camp yeah. and then S-I-S on the end. C-A-M-P-S-I-S.
1: Okay. Yeah.
13: Thank you very much for the help.
1: Have a look, Eve, and see what it is. Um, right, we're moving on on the phones. We go to Marion in Tiptree. Hello, Marion. Lawn. Oh, hello, yes. Ken.
11: <clears throat> um, I have a query which my husband did, uh, has asked me to um, oh. sort, sort out with. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's to do with what we used to have a lawn.
14: <laughs> it's yep. now brown, yep. completely
11: brown. Now, he wants to know whether he should scarify it while it's brown, like it is. Or whether we should wait for it to recover.
1: This is quite an interesting question because I answered that question last week and I I didn't have Tom. No, 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 not important. I answered it last week. Uh, I didn't have a guest last week. It was on my own. It'd be interesting what Tom thought because I couldn't see a problem with doing it other than that the ground is very hard. but I couldn't see a problem with doing it, because grass is so resilient that if you scarify at this time, of year, it will tear out thatch. If you're mowing at this time of year, it's sucking up all sorts of debris on your rotaries. What, would you, what do you think, honestly, Tom? Because I said, yes, you could, but I'd be interested to know how people got on with it.
3: Uh, I don't think it'd be a, a huge problem if you scarify. scarified. I mean, what you're doing is improving the airflow around the plants. So right. that could, that's a good thing. Exactly, it's
1: taking that and, rubbish. And it? also,
3: with the with the springtime rake, you're sort of tickling the surface of the soil, so you're sort of opening up the soil, but not as much as, as you would be, which you would do in the autumn. I probably do most of that work in the autumn when it's a little bit wetter but moister. Yeah. But
1: the question was could you do it now? The answer
3: is yes. Well you, you could, could do, you, I, I mean, because it's so dry. Yeah, um, it's dry. It'll produce I, a lot of dust. You, well, it will be, but I'm just worrying about moss. Moss needs water to reproduce. If we have what we're having now and you've just scarified, I don't think you've necessarily overly spread your spores right. unless you then get heard. loads of rain and you have.
11: We don't have a lot of moss, actually. Oh, right. Then you could.
3: So scarifying, yeah, could be a plus plus thing. Yeah, nothing's going to go too wrong if you do it now. Do do the main bit of it, though, in the autumn. So October, November uh, time.
11: When he scarifies, he he makes sure the grass is um, fairly low to start with. Then he scarifies, and then he mows again after scarifying.
3: Would that be okay? Yeah, yeah, that's good, because that can also suck up debris, which is what Ken was talking about. You can suck up all the debris that you haven't quite got with your springtime rake. Right, right. right.
11: Um, But he has been um, going over with the um, mower set high,
3: that's, to pick that's up all right. That's the, the good. Yeah, that's perfect. I mean, you want to have it on a higher setting anyway at the moment because I too, too close the to cut it makes the lawn even worse. Right,
1: and in fact, yeah. I would not. When you're scarifying, he you were saying he cuts it lower before he scarifies. I would not in this occasion. Not, this, cut, occasion. not, in not the this occasion. In word. In all right? the
11: ultimate word. Okay, that's lovely. Oh, by the way, yes, um, then, um, so we still feed in the autumn after now? As long now? as we,
1: as long
3: as we get some rain. As long as there's water, yes. <laughs>
11: yes. Okay, then. Uh, so he wouldn't. He wouldn't do all this now, and then, and then um, put um, feed it.
1: No, but you mustn't feed. No, the... you can't feed when the lawn is brown and dry because no. it's not growing.
11: Okay, okay. 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 Thank you very much.
1: That's Marion in Tiptree. We go to Anita in Thorpe Bailey. Down the coast? What would you like to talk about? Hello, good
11: morning,
7: Ken.
1: What are we going to talk about, Anita?
7: An oleander.
1: Oleander.
7: Now, it must have been, I've been in this house for three years. It's a very, very old one. Last year, it went into bud and nothing happened. It didn't bloom at all. Then it did get a bit frostbitten, so I cut it back. But it looks lovely now, but it's just got leaves and that's it. Nothing, nothing. But it, it looks quite healthy, but it doesn't seem to want to bloom.
3: Have you have you fed it at all? No. Well, what I would I feed? Go and get some tomato feed. As a, oh, I've got some of that. Yeah. Use it as a liquid feed and water that in around the base of the plant. Did you say it was in a pot or in the ground? It's, it's in a pot. In the ground. Oh, it's in the ground. So yes. apply it as a drench all the way around the plant. Just follow the instructions on the on the on the uh, bottle, um, and okay. that might help boost the and plant it can still, enough. F-
1: still flower now?
3: Yeah, can do. Oh, really?
7: Oh, I'll
1: do that yep. right away. OK, okay. Oh, that's very kind. Thanks, Ken. OK, Anita, no problem at all. Ken Crowther and Tom Cole answering your gardening questions here on BBC Essex. Uh, Gloria in Holland-on-Sea. Hello, Gloria.
15: Hello, Ken. Hello, Tom. I wonder if you could help me. I, um, we've bought a Paul Scarlet. It's yep, lovely
1: tree, lovely tree. Crotagus, Yeah. Yep.
15: It's in, um, you know, we lost our son unfortunately, and his mm-hmm. name was Paul. We've, we've just, we've put it in, and it's doing all right. It, it seems as though it's settled. It's been in a couple of months now, but it's going brown. It's got some long leaves at the top, and they're going brown. And I don't really want to cut them off or do anything. I right. think it may be How, because it's
1: right. Let's go back to the tree. How big is the tree? Is it a six foot? roughly tree high
15: no we bought it and it's about 12 foot you it put, is a big right
1: one. you bought a 10 mm. to what they call a 10 12 did yeah. you put yeah. any did you put any tubes round underneath the ground to allow yourself to water the roots at all
15: no we didn't
1: okay right okay we need to get some water to the root don't we
3: yeah you yes, mean, yeah yeah um, what's your ground is it very hard the ground there at the moment
15: no, it's it, well. Yes, at the moment it is, but we do water it, and we know that they they need a lot of water. We are trying to, you know, we have put sort of uh, holes in the top for it to go down. I don't know whether that helps. And,
3: and how it's often? Done. And how often have you been watering it?
15: Um, every day.
1: And how mu- How long? And how much water are you putting? Where, where are the holes? You said you did holes. Do you come away from the stem? Yeah.
15: No, it, it's going into the actual plant where we planted it. The, the water.
1: So you've got a slight dip where the plant is.
15: Yes, I have. Yeah.
1: Right. Okay. Um, and how much? How long are you putting the hose on it?
15: Um, well, not for long because they're saying that we've got to chase water. We are uh, sort of doing it for uh, quite a while. What's well, quite a while? Half an thinking. hour, hour, half an hour, oh, hour? No, 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 nothing like that. About ten minutes. Not enough. Not enough. It's not right, enough for okay. a ten, twelve
3: tree, is it? Not, not, not with the weather no. we've had and the ground condition. It's got to be. It's got to be longer. Half really. an okay. hour to an hour. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I trickle it, and yeah. I mean
1: trickle it. Yeah. I know the water people don't like me telling you to do this, but this is what <laughs> I would do to keep it alive. I'd trickle it, and I mean just trickle out the end of the hose and leave it yeah. on all night, and you'll use less water than you would any other way. What okay, do you think, Tom? Darling.
3: that's lovely. You want, right? you want the water to soak down, that's the main slowly, thing. Slowly, slowly. Yeah. Which, is, which yes. is important for trees. Like, first two years, once you've planted, you've really got to look at that watering over the summer. Mm.
15: Yeah, yeah. Well, we are definitely talking to you now. We haven't been yeah. giving it enough water. Slight trickle,
3: Love. literally yeah. a little yeah. trickle. Trickle yeah. is the better. Yeah. It's better than anything. It's a lovely tree that, um, it is scarlet a beautiful tree. Yes,
15: yeah. and I'm really looking forward. I mean, it, it it seems as though it's 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 doing okay. It's just all the top ones are going that's, really brown, and I wonder whether it. it was getting burnt.
3: No, uh, well, there's a, a combination, combination of burning from the sun, but also lack mm. of water.
15: Okay. Yeah, that's right. Good luck, luck,
1: Gloria, with that one in Gloria in Holland-on-Sea. Nice to plant a tree in memory. I think it's very important trees are super for that. Uh, Jackie and Earl's Colne. Jackie.
7: Hello there. Um, I'm talking about my um, Fertinia red robin Mm -hmm. that is well-established, about 10 years old, and this year it's got leaf curl. I'm not sure what to do with it.
3: Have have you opened up the leaves? Is there anything inside the leaf at all? Yeah,
7: they've got like a little... um, like a little in, not an insect. Like a
3: caterpillar. Pardon? Was it like a caterpillar, or is it like not, aphid, or?
7: Yeah, it's like a little black, um, just like black dust, really.
3: Right. It might. Mu- it might actually be a bla- uh, an aphid, but okay. a black form, and it's attacking all the shoot, all the terminal parts of the shoots.
7: Yeah, yeah. What you can do is coming you coming out. There to just um, pick them know, off. Or, or... I went to a garden centre and he said there was nothing I could spray it with to cut them, all the leaf curl off, which I have done. But, of course, as soon as you do that and it starts to grow again, it, it's coming out the same.
3: Right, the leaf curl is occurring because the pest is on there attacking the leaf. Right, OK. Um, so you can use uh, products... Systemic. You can use a systemic insecticide... Uh, which but you can get from, Yeah, from it's any of your good few garden centres. is
1: not yeah. as good as yeah. it used to be, is it? But
3: to be quite honest, if it's just on the on the terminal ends, which is where all the lush growth is, and it's manageable for you, I would just pinch out those tips. Keep so, going so, on that. So come back to where there's a nice outward-facing leaf. You might end up taking two or three inches of the growth off, right. uh, but then that takes away potentially most of that problem. It's probably some still in there, uh, and then what happens? Keep is, going on that. Yeah, and all the new growth yeah. is going to be bright red. All right. Oh, great. <laughs> and what
7: was that? Um, not Bravado, but what was the other...
3: Bug Clear Ultra, Ultra. But Clear Ultra. But be
1: careful not to spray in sunlight because it will burn. Okay. It's
3: got to be earlier in the day or, or later night. in the day. Okay, OK, but you think just... Um, I would just pinch out, it. actually. Pinch yeah.
1: out to start with, see how you get on.
7: OK. OK. And the uh, li- like, previous lady talked about a campsis, which yes. I've had two of them for three years and I've pruned them each year. And they're about four or five foot tall, and I've never ever had
3: a flower. Oh, persevere. Don't it's give it's up. definitely worth. We got one of the on the south facing side of Rittle University College. It's we cut into- it hard every year. Uh, we don't feed it. But I tell you what, it takes a few years to get to that point, And then once you get it, it flowers every single year. OK, okay. because my husband wants to get rid of them. Oh. No, <laughs> no, no, keep them, keep them. no, no, no. It's a Jackie, lovely plant. It's Keaton. a very nice plant.
1: 0800 111 4041. That's the number to call. And we'll do some of those texts. And I have got an email, which I must do today, for your Stella Cherry. Uh, Phil in Colchester, we're talking oh. grapes.
14: Yes, morn, Ken, morn, Tom. Um <sighs> I've got some grapes on the allotment, um, which I grew from Cattons. Um and this year they've got bunches on. But I just They all look good and everything, but have I got to thin them out or should I just leave them? Or?
3: You don't always have to thin them out. It depends ah, on no, what you're going to use good, them for. What? But,
14: you know, but um, what,
3: I've, what I've just done with one uh, grapevine is actually just to allow more light in is to take off uh, the, some of the excess top growth beyond where the fruit
14: all are. All the goodness go in the grapes you should do they, yes they grow, like, you know mad, don't they the, yes yeah, so what I tend to do is
3: leave two two to three leaves yeah. beyond where the cluster is yeah. and remove all the other growth
14: yeah that's what I've been doing so do it right. everything fine then, aren't I? and what about water because you know look do I want water and re- oh, oh, I know i water them but I'm just wondering you can't give them too much can you
3: no, well, you certainly don't want to leave them for long periods of no water, then suddenly water them because the fruit itself no, no, will split. There.
14: I'm over there. A couple so, of cans,
3: you know. Uh, well, I, I, would carry well. On. I would carry on with that. You've got no other signs of problems on the plant at all?
14: No, no, no. And I've got um, black... Is that Hamburg in the greenhouse? Yep. There's two, two plants in there, and they're, they're all good. So so continue um, with what you're doing, really? Yeah, or just wondered, you know, but they all look good, but... Someone told me I should tie, cut the bunches off, but if they're all about the same... Ground, if, well, you can, we'll actually.
3: It. If you if you get uh, maybe four or five very close together, you can thin out the worst of those, yeah. and then what will happen is all the energy will go into the remaining. So it's about quality of fruit, not the quantity of fruit. Yeah,
14: that's right. Yep. Okay, and lovely. Yep. Okay. Yep, thank you.
3: That's a pleasure. And <clears throat>
1: in just a moment, we'll be talking to Mark in, uh, in Eastwood, and I must reply to, uh, I think it was Derek... Derek has told me off. I've been told off. So they are... Are done? Oh, I've just got it wrong. But Mm. anyway, we'll we'll see what he says.
0: The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. We'll be back to your call, text and email
1: shortly. But let's take a final look at the top tips Tom has for us this week.
3: Well, I can't believe it. We've had all this weather... Fifty days, I think it's been, of mm. non-stop dry, sunny weather. But plants have really grown. They've put on a lot of new growth. Hell of a lot of growth. So I'm out there actually in a few gardens. I'm pruning, pruning quite a bit. Really. You and me both. <laughs> so I'm doing hedge work. I'm making sure that the the plants are trimmed, uh, slightly broad at the base, slightly narrow at the top. So I'm touching things like uh, the bush honeysuckle, lonicera. Uh, the Baxons Gold, the lovely golden uh, bush honeysuckle. They put on <coughs> a hell of a
1: lot of growth.
3: Using shears, but this time I've also used some reciprocating hedge cut- uh, cutters and that's given me a really good, nice they're type finish. Those the battery finish. ones I have. Battery, they're brilliant. 40 minutes life, I guess, on this particular one I have.
1: There are several others <laughs> on the market. <laughs> there are
3: many more. And I've got some freestanding loniseras as well. So I'm just lightly shaping those. I don't like this thing where everything's clipped within the inch of their life and it's sort of almost round and cuboid. So I'm trying to remain so I'm trying to maintain that shape things like um where i've got a philadelphia that has finished now and some the finished ages ago i've done a little bit of pruning on those so anything that's flowered on old growth cut out the old flowering growth to the ground stand back have a look then reduce the vegetative growth by about a quarter Stand back again, have a look at the growth. You don't want to destroy the shape. And then with Philadelphus in particular, thin out every third stem to the ground and you get a nice open plant.
1: It's sad, isn't it, that people have got this thing about making everything round, you know, today. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a nightmare.
3: It? Other plants like lavender, lavender, which is finished it's in some going, cases. It's
1: just going off, isn't you it? You
3: know, I'm, I'm deadheading on a regular yep. basis to encourage a little bit more of a, a flush of flowers later on. Uh, and also things like some of the Berberus, which are finished flowering. I'm just doing a light clip on those. Yeah. Last one. It's gotta be watering. Come on. It's, it's gotta, gotta be, be water- watering. I know we, we're, ha- we're having a little bit of rain now and again, uh, but you know, you've know you gotta go out there and, and top up those pots in particular. Uh, I haven't worried so much about the beds and borders. I really concentrate on the pots and containers earlier in the day, later in the day. Don't worry about middle of the day. Most of it that hits that ground is it gonna be evaporated. You know. Nice long waterings, and if you've got some grey water, recycle it, make sure you use that. Weeper
1: hoses work very well. They're
3: very good, and also once you've got that moisture in there, then I would feed. I would never feed a dry base of a plant, you could get scorching. Uh, So do think about recycling, do add on another uh, water butt if you can, uh, just to try and conserve that moisture for later when we need it.
0: Thank you Tom, now let's get straight back to your gardening questions. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther.
1: Ken Crowther and Tom Cole are your gardening experts today. Talking gardening and the gardening phone in here on BBC Essex. I just want to quickly answer Derek. Derek has told me off because he said that he listened to me 30 minutes ago last week and it wasn't the Morello. I must have got the name wrong. I know it wasn't the Morello, because actually your Morello is producing lots of fruit. But you were asking about your two Stellas, which uh, you said have not done that well. Um, They are just over two years old. Last year, their first year, and they produced about 20 cherries, which ripened. Uh, But um, he's worried about the the state of them this year. They're not doing too well this year. He waters them a lot. Uh, But they're in 18 by 15 containers. Too small for a Stellar. Too small. Pot them up. If so, when does he pop them up into a larger container? Best time to do it and what size. He needs to use Johnny's number three. Yes. He needs to go to at least a 24-inch across and 24-inch deep. Absolutely. A minimum. A minimum. Minimum, Derek. Apologies for getting it wrong. I'm going to go straight back to the phones now, but uh, hopefully you were listening. Mark in Eastwood, Uh, you're talking about Purple Beach. Is that right?
8: It is, yep. Hello.
1: How can we help you on that?
8: Right. Basically, I bought a pot of sort of four purple beech, you know, in a, literally together to make a hedge. I separated them up, potted them up individually to kind of grow them on. Um, one's died, one's dying, and the other three left are okay, but I'm a bit worried and want to know what to do.
1: So you've kept them in these pots?
8: Yeah, but they
3: came in one pot. You know when you buy like a big... Oh, they're buying a clump. You're yeah. potting them on to grow them on. That's it, yeah. And yeah, then you're sorry. going to put them in the garden at what, any, what time of the year? Later in the year? Um, yeah, well, I, well it is, I need to clear the space for where they're kind of going. Okay. So, I right. need
1: to, so yeah, you've them water. on. Ooh. What size pots have you put them in, uh, About
3: what? 10-inch pots. That should be okay. That's okay until the autumn.
1: But some have died.
3: That some have died. Now, it could be because of watering and heat. That's, that's why some of them may have died. Are you keeping them moist but not saturated?
8: Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of them have kind of died really quickly, literally sort of after about a week after I potted the first one up. Because
3: I've had right. them since sort of that uh, spring, right?
1: I shouldn't have done that, really. Uh, should well, they?
3: Well, plants react quite oddly, don't they? Sometimes mm, you yeah. pot everything up the same, and it's just one where you might have just goes. Might have bruised the roots or damaged the roots in some way. You do, you don't know. No. And all of a sudden it happens. Put
1: them somewhere shaded, as cool as you can, and keep them moist. And that's all you can do, yeah. Mark.
6: Right. All right then.
1: You're doing it right, you're doing the right things, um, but sadly, you know, you've lost that one, but I, I, I think that's just unfortunate.
8: Yeah? So are the roots really sensitive then, of those ones, or?
3: Well, uh, young plants can be, yeah. uh, to be quite honest, you know, beech trees, hornbeams, they should be fine, really. But sometimes you can you can seem a little bit rough with when you're moving plants, we all do it, and uh, some plants react differently. So you've got the old plant there that's died off, possibly as a result. Check that fourth one, which is sort of not so doing so well. Make sure it doesn't sit in too much water.
1: Okay, I'm going to move on now, and we go to Hilary Whittam. What can we do for you, Hilary?
12: Oh, help uh, squirrels! Yeah, we've we've got a big walnut tree in the corner of our garden, uh, which the squirrels planted. So it's it's only seems fair that we've shared the nuts with them. Yeah. Um, last year's generation, instead of waiting for the nuts to ripen, they were taking them while they were still in, in the green yep. shells yeah um, so it, we're anticipating that this year but we've just come back from two weeks holiday in Madeira and they've they're stealing all the apples they've taken all the peaches off the trees and we've got three pears left what can we do
1: <laughs> one <not, why> not... one <laughs> Because one of the reasons is that, uh, of course, I've noticed in other gardens actually, because it's so dry. In fact, it's moisture. It's moisture. Thereafter, it's like rabbits. Rabbits are eating all the fallen Mm. apples
3: much quicker than they ever did.
7: Right.
12: It's
3: not a lot you can do. It's not a great deal you can do. I hang on to those three pairs, though. (laughs) I'd look after those. (laughs) I told my
12: husband to sit out shotgun and ride shotgun. (laughs) (laughs) Hillary, (laughs) um, there's there's nothing. I mean, we've we've tried setting squirrel traps, but um, they they take the bait and they don't even set them off.
1: No, they're not silly, are they, squirrels? (laughs) Hilary, I have got no sensible answers, but I'll tell you what, if anybody wants to email me some suggestions, without them being cruel... Uh, yeah. we will yeah. pass it on next week. If and yeah. my, my email address is ken.crowther at bbc.co.uk. You, you can
3: also go into a search engine, just put squirrels followed by the letters RHS and it goes straight to a page which gives you a whole myriad of different ways that you possibly yeah. could but do what it. We want to know <laughs> is,
1: but what we want to know is from listeners in Essex, whether, what's worked for them. What's worked for them. Yeah. Hilary, yeah. we'll see if, if we get any results and we can pass them on next week. We go to Ted in Dainbury. Hello, Ted.
9: Hello, Ken and Tom. Uh, good morning to you. I've got a problem with Two-Eyed Rangers. Yep. They're, they're only young about three years they are, but I think the sun's uh, damaged the, the flowers. Yep. So I'm just wondering what I can do, whether to, whether to get them up and do no. something else or what?
3: No, no, no I, I definitely them. I've got one called Annabelle at home and the flowers were blanched. I mean, it's white anyway, but yeah, they were really the were dried out. For. Well, all I've done with those is I've just, I've, this year I've sort of said I'm going to remove the flower head. I've just cut the odd flower head off, just yeah. down to where there's a vegetative growth, and I've just made sure that plant has got some water at the base, and that's all I'm going to do at the moment. Right. That's all you can do? Yeah, you could feed as long as the ground is moist. Yeah.
1: But, but yeah. what they need, hydrangeas, need to say in their name, is water, water, water. Water, yeah. yeah.
3: Okay. Okay. Can I ask one more thing?
1: Yes, Ted.
9: I've got a young, a young, um, young apple tree quite close to the wall, and I want to, I want <clears throat> to move it elsewhere later on. How old is it? Is it is How it, old? It, it's only young. It's about, about three, three months or something old.
1: Right. Okay. When do you prune, When do you move it? Do you want to know?
9: Well, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it to my uh,
3: daughters at Shrewsbury Ness. Right. What I would do is wait for all the leaves to fall off and then carefully lift up the plant, the root system, a into root ball. Put a it bag. Yeah, put it into a, a bin liner, yeah. actually, or an old compost bag. Take it to wherever you're going to have it, and, and uh, make sure the planting hole is ready for it to be received.
1: John in Basildon's asking about a Bougainvillea, aren't you, John? I am, certainly, yeah. Uh,
9: yeah, I've got a Bougainvillea. I've had it probably five or six years, okay. and the last two to three years it hasn't bloomed. It's beautiful. It's all green and lovely, and it's, you know, but there's no bloom on it. Right. Have what do you I do ha,
3: wrong? have you fed it at all? I feed it all the time. With what, with? what would you what do you use? I I use a Kempack. Number okay. three. Okay, so that's got potash in. I mean, should work. Should work really. Um, I would persevere with it. But they flower. They should usually flower well on new growth.
1: Do you know what you could do? Cut yes. the cut the feed completely. Yes. I've done this. Cut the feed completely. Let it dry out completely till you water it. Yes. Do you do that or do you keep topping it up with water? Well,
9: I, I, I try to do it when it's, it's drying out. You no, know, that's right. Let it, yeah. dry,
1: let it dry right out before you water and Stop feeding completely. And I think you'll get it into flour.
9: Oh, good. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's about four or five foot high yeah. in the pot. And it's, it, it's lovely green growth, but no flowers.
1: Well, give it a go and see how you get on. Maureen in Clacton. Uh, what are you up for? It's a wisteria.
7: That's right. Yes, Ken. Uh, about six years ago, we put uh, a blue one in and a white one. Yep. And it flowered beautifully. Had some work done and the workman had to cut it right back.
1: Okay. And it's yep. not, about
7: four years ago and it's never flowered since. <clears throat> should do shouldn't it
3: it they it, it, well if it's been cut really hard back it's probably not going to do much for, for a while uh what uh. you need to do is just retrain it into where you want it to grow and if, eventually it will develop the wood that supports the flowers how low yeah. did they cut it
7: quite low what's uh, quite low foot uh, quite low well how high was it about
1: about a foot high oh
3: that's alright yeah that's right. yeah so it hasn't gone past the Patience. graft patient um, so I would be patient and actually just training to wherever you want it to grow you could boost it with a feed tomato feed will help it initially but you don't, shouldn't need to do that really right we go to
1: Anne in Bower Gifford hello Anne
11: um, hello Ken um, I've got a box hedge
7: which is three foot high and eight foot long and it's going white the leaves are going white now is it that dreaded disease which means I've got to destroy it
3: Is it white across the whole of the top and the sides, or is it in patches?
7: Um, At the moment, it's um, sort of in patches, but it is spreading the whole length of the hedge.
3: Okay. when you next look at it, are the leaves stuck together?
7: Um, I don't believe so. Because if
3: they are, that's the remnant of the box tree caterpillar, which is really causing problems all over the place at the moment. Uh, And that's quite a difficult one to control box blight i doubt it's box blight because we've had a very dry season and actually you tend to get that more when it's wet and this is one of the things with box you never cut it when it's moist because you can spread the spores i would for the moment hold fire i would definitely we've had the rain we've had a little bit of rain wet the ground a bit more feed it use mm-hmm. something that's got a sea, seaweed based product makes crop something like that and then see what growth you get from it Oh, okay. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't go in there and cut no. it or do any of no. that. I'd just feed it and see what happens. Okay, come back, come back to us, Anne, uh, and see how we get on.
1: Barry in Basildon, last call for today. I have got a couple of texts. I'm going to try and squeeze in as well. Barry from Basildon, what's your question?
8: Oh, uh, Ken, yeah, good morning. I've been listening to your program. Um, got of quick questions for you. I've had, just had some lilies in my back garden for five years, and I thought this winter would kill them off. You know, cause they, but they haven't. They've come back. I'm I'm throwing water on them every night because they all seem to be going droopy. Am I doing the right thing? Because earlier on you said um, don't throw water onto the plants um, because it's not going to do them any good.
3: As long as you as long as you water at the base. Yeah. You're absolutely fine.
1: It's to over the uh, top of the plant, you've got to be careful.
3: Yeah, because if you just put water on over the top on a day like it is now previously, yeah. you can score, you can even with water, get brown spotting or marks on the leaves. Water it where okay. the plant needs it, where the roots are at the base.
8: Right, thanks, and the only other question, was a quick question for you. Yep. I'm getting, getting too old to do it now, but I can't cut down all the brambles, and they're overtake, taking over half of the garden at the moment, and they're getting higher and higher. Um, is is now the time they've had a a, a couple of quotes from a couple of firms is now the time for them to come and hack it all down and get rid of it or should I wait when's the best time to get rid of it all get them out
3: now Get them out now. Yeah, and they're not a plant you want. You want to get them out, either get them dug out or get them dug out or and then, cut down and sprayed off. And or if you get some
1: new emergence, use a product called
3: SBK. Yeah, brushwood killer.
1: Now, very quickly, Tom, I've got a few texts. Maureen in Braintree, hibiscus trees, not flowered. It only had one flower last year. What does she
3: do? Feed it. Feed it, that's all I would do. Feed it and water tomato. It potash rich feed potassium rich feed
1: sister has an indoor fig tree good condition six foot tall some leaves have got sticky shiny can't find any bugs but they must be there mustn't they
3: not necessarily why well, would you go sticky oh sorry sticky sticky yes sorry yes you might have a uh, scale or you might have mealy bug on there so go out to your good gardens and you can get products which are systemic that's absorbed by for, the plant
1: for house plants. for house plants. Uh, watering bedding in pots Wondering whether diluted feed each watering would help. If so, would you do a 25% or a 33% of the diluted?
3: No, just water it as normal and follow the instructions on the packets of all the feed you use. Yeah, but she wants
1: to increase the feeding, you see, because it's on a regular basis.
3: No? No, I wouldn't do it. Don't do it. More doesn't mean better.
1: More doesn't mean better. Okay. I've got two questions, Acer looking very sad, leaves have crinkled up
3: and are falling off. Yeah, that's, that's too much sunlight, intense sunlight. Run what you don't of... want to do is over water.
1: They've run out of rainwater on that one. And uh, Victoria plum tree is looking terrible, leaves are sticky, covered in white fly. What can you do? You can't do a lot, can you?
3: Not really. There's some pyrethrum-based products you can use it's on tree. edibles. But if it's, not, if it's too big, it's not practical
1: now. Thank you very much, Tom. We see you week after next, I believe. Super duper. Thanks very much for listening to the BBC's Essex Gardening Hour podcast. And if you missed any of the answers to the questions we gave, you can download this programme and take it with you wherever you go via our website bbc.co.uk slash bbc Essex. Don't forget, if you have a gardening question for us, why not give us a call on 0800 111 4041 and be part of the programme. Yes, every Saturday morning on BBC
0: Essex from 11. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther.